It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to the Saturday Friends Club. This is your you know, podcast place for being with friends and talking about Jeez. things. Slow, slow down there, Josh. Nice, <laughs> nice job with that intro, Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> just making sure. What's up, professional? You know, I'm trying to keep it cool. I'm trying to keep it friendly. Hello, friendly podcast friends out there. He's just so excited to bring you this hot, hot content. We got, you know what? This is this is an, this is the first episode of a three show like go that we do. Oh yeah, I enjoy mm-hmm. I enjoy all three of these things, partially because two of them were my choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, and I believe everyone enjoyed all of them, as I am like to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, but once again, I am Josh. Uh, going around the circle, we've got Sabrina. So uh, we have Eric. Hello, Martin is here. Arigato gozaimasu. <laughs> And uh, we are here to, uh, it's been a while. What's been going on with you guys? It's been like over a month. We missed an episode last week. I'm sorry about that uh, because of just time issues. Uh, there was smoke all over the bay. Um, <laughs> Shit's on fire. Yeah. We couldn't breathe. <laughs> Everything was on fire. I almost died. We couldn't even talk. Well, yeah, Martin actually almost died. Yeah, It wasn't actually that bad over here but i mean there definitely was like a good week of just like oh i don't want to go outside ever you know even more than i normally don't everything is orange and smells like smoke yeah the the the, everything smelling like a campfire even indoors was rather like horrible Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it was interesting experience and uh yeah man this is there are things like california is is the, the greatest state in our in our great union but we we have stuff that happens to us too. Yeah. Though I think that's that was like the first time I've had smoke from a fire up north come down and just blanket the bay yep. since I've lived here at least. It's yeah, I mean the only other time I had it was once when I was living in Georgia. There was a giant fire in the Okefenokee Swamp. Okefenokee Okefenokee Swamp. Fire? So, no, swamp gas. Dude, swamp gas, remember. Swamp gas. Do you not know about swamp gas? Swamp gas. Oh my god, swamp gas. Follow the money. You mean mean, uh, reflecting a a rough of a weather balloon? But even more, that instance, even more than this one, it was just like this low-level cloud, so it literally made everything like Silent Hill. Like yeah. it was just this like complete fog that went through the entire day. Wait, it was pretty question. fucking creepy. Yes. Was it really swamp gas? It was just a swamp on fire. Just I'm sorry. Fl- but was it? But was it because of swamp gas? Okay, so just it a came flaming from the fart. Su- it came from the swamp. <laughs> the swamp fart. Yes. <laughs> you got to the the root of the problem. I'm just imagining this massive swamp white excretion that goes. Real mature guys. Real. <laughs> I was picturing more like this big, like green gas cloud that kind of resembled one of those mushroom clouds from like Hiroshima or something. Damn! I just like, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> wait. What? <laughs> we're getting like some real Ren and Stimpy area of just like what, like a nuke, but with fart. Yeah, <laughs> flaming fart. Yeah. yeah. Well, swamp done farted again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what. <laughs> A nuclear fart could very well have fit in within Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> yes. The 1988 American com- comedy fantasy film directed by everyone's favorite, this, this Tim whole, Burton. This whole movie was Tim kind of, Cookie Burton. This movie was kind of a nuclear fart, I mean, to be honest. Uh, it was It was an experience. <laughs> so uh, let's go through. This was, uh, so as part of this, Martin and I teamed up. Uh, we decided, Ooh. like, uh, what I wanted to do was, like, oh, I really want to do the Beetlejuice animated series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, but I'm not sure if we really want to have a Razak's Roughneck situation <laughs> of, <laughs> of covering something, you know, early without hitting the source material and having to go back and there being just this weird situation. So I mentioned, and Martin was just like, oh yeah, let's do Beetlejuice. All right. Yeah. So we did Be- we're going to do Beetlejuice and then Beetlejuice the animated series directly after it. See, yep. now... I kind of wish there was a third Beetlejuice something we could have done to really like hit home that theme of saying his name three times. Well, ah, oh, you're totally right. Is there man. like a Beetlejuice on ice or something uh, we could watch? Well, there there oh. was never anything produced, but there were pitches for another Beetlejuice movie oh boy. that has been going around that- Hollywood for years. Was that the Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii? Yes, one? Beetlejuice oh. goes yeah. Hawaiian. What? Yeah. Yes, it was a horrible I idea in which, like, the uh, the family that 
got the house in the movie that we'll cover, the one the the second family, move to Hawaii, buy a hotel. The hotel is then inhabited by Hawaiian spirits, and they need Beetlejuice to get rid of the spirits. Oh goodness gracious! Uh, it okay, seemed like something horribly mm, wrong. Yeah, I'll pass on that one. Yeah, I mean that's that's the equivalent. Hollywood, like, no. Yeah, that's like the equivalent of Starship Troopers three and four. <laughs> they too had Beetlejuice show up and try and take care of Hawaiian spirits. That would have made the movie better. <laughs> oh my goodness. At some point we're gonna have to like collect our trash pile of movies and have like a stream. Oh god. Like a, a like a thank you stream of just us watching awful things for a day. <laughs> how, how much alcohol are we gonna have to inoculate ourselves? I mean with? it will be a stream, so lots of it. Good. I'm gonna need all of it. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so and by all of it I mean uh, two two glasses of wine. <laughs> what a lightweight little baby. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's go with this. Uh, who here had actually seen Beetlejuice before? Myself, myself. So Eric was the only one that had never seen Beetlejuice. Yeah, I like. I mean, I obviously heard of it, and I I saw the cartoon. I remember watching that a lot as a kid, but I've not I had not seen the movie until this moment. Okay, so as for the rest of us, um, feelings, experiences from watching it before. What did you think about it then? Uh, let's start, Martin. Why not? Man, it was still as funny as I remember it to be, and also at times cringy as I remember it to be. <laughs> but the that initial scene with Beetlejuice, um, with Beetlejuice meeting the family that got booted out of the house, that to me, I don't remember that scene being so aggressive. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, cover, we'll cover all the uh, the aspects of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, Sabrina, yeah. Your, your experience before? Uh, we had it on VHS, so I watched it a lot growing up. Okay. And I think I watched it like, we probably had it VHS, probably watched it once or twice. It wasn't anything on rotation, but mm -hmm. I remembered clips, so I obviously had seen it, and then, yeah, just like with... You know, just with Eric, it was just like the animated series was always in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get into the reason of why it was constantly in our heads Ooh, uh, uh -huh. when we get to that. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and move forward. Our topic for today is Beetlejuice. Don't say his name three times, he will show up. Uh, let's get to it. In anybody want to say? Beetlejuice. 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 Way to, re way to really sell that one there. <laughs> That's your job, Josh. <laughs> People, you listeners at home, you might not realize this, but when he begins the show, he always begins with like a kind of a double finger guns, like Yosemite Sam kind of. He's They're more like rolly guns. Okay, yeah. He, he does this. This will be a nice little area I'll have to cut out for the pre-show. <laughs> Man, we can't, we can't give these... Like, these no. We can't give these filthy casuals any look behind the curtain. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hold on. Let's do this then. Somebody give me three good Beetlejuices. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice! All right, uh, as mentioned, Beetlejuice, a 1988 American comedy fantasy film directed by Tim Burton, produced by the Gorin family. Uh, no, Giffen family? Geffen. Geff Geffen, there we go. As I'm starting off with strong. Uh, and distributed by Warner Bros. Uh, the plot revolves around a recently deceased young couple of Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis who become ghosts haunting their former home, an obnoxious, devilish ghost named Beetlejuice, pronounced... Beetlejuice, portrayed by Michael Keaton, from the netherworld who tries to scare away the new inhabitants of Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, and Winona Ryder permanently. Boy, there's a, there's a lot to get in here. Oh, yes. This, is, this, is, this movie is crammed full of people that you've all seen like later. It, mm -hmm. it is a... It, yeah, I mean, from it, the fact that you had, what, Michael Keaton, like, this was, this was either right before or, like, Batman was immediately after this movie. Well, I was also I was not I was not prepared for how young Alec Baldwin is. I'm used I'm used to him being like more round. 
Well, yeah, now that he's older, but yeah, back then he was a good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, Batman. very good-looking oh, yes. guy. Batman was a year later, so wow. he, okay. he went and for, again Tim Burton. Yeah, and then there was also the 1992 Batman that he was in as well. Yes, right? yes. yep. When, also Tim Burton. Remember when Tim Burton was like pretty good? There was a uh, period there. He yeah. was good back then. That's yeah. what I mean. It's like, okay. the, like yeah, this is the time. Was good Tim that, Burton, that, yeah. that was quality. Quality, quality Tim Nostalgia. Burton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like. Yeah, it's cut. Yeah, let's let's look through Tim Burton's resume. Going, oh boy, I just saw we're a not, few of them that hurt me. We're not uh, hiring. Go. <laughs> I mean, you've got you start off with Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh yes, yeah. classic, good one. You go yep. Beetlejuice. Yes. You go Batman. Yep. You go Edward Scissorhands. Yes. You go Batman Returns. Yes. Yep. I mean, you're just knocking them out the park this right is now. Like, this is like the the film. This is the the, the best. You're, you're like favorite filmography for a '90s goth girl. Okay, then you get. <laughs> Then you go Ed Wood, which I've never seen, uh, but has good reviews. I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen Ed Wood. Uh, Mars Attacks. Yes. Mm. yes. Yes. That's a good Horribly, one. Horribly, it's bad, it's awesome. Uh, and then, mm, Sleepy Hollow. I liked Sleepy Hollow. Planet of the Apes. I uh, like that's a Tim Burton. I like, mm. well, the remake. Yeah, the first yeah. remake well, yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Big Fish. Oh, that's a good, good one. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. That's. I think. I want to say. I think that movie is when when we're finally starting to get tired of Tim Burton and Johnny Depp's. Uh, Tim Burton's Johnny Depp. Oh, well, not no, only that, but it's, it's Tim Burton and Johnny Depp remaking a classic. Just, yeah, and it's it's hard. It's to beat the original. Yeah, yeah. They, these I mean, two. Gene Wilder. Come on, you can't fucking beat Gene. Okay, Wilder. so then we go Corpse Bride. Good. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweeney Todd. Good. Alice in Wonderland. No. Dark Shadows. I oh, haven't seen it. What? Frankenweenie. I haven't. They, again, what? another remake, but it, but I never saw the, that one. And now we're in 2014 and 2016 with new stuff that I don't know. Well, uh, he made another Alice. Alice Through the Looking Glass, did, I think. Did like, Jenny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, did they all just live in one house and just feed off of each other's, like, all their negative impulses? Well, Helen Bonham Carter used to be married to Tim Burton, wasn't she? Or still is? I forget. I don't know. He's it, married to Helen. One, it's, I think it's Helen Bonham Carter, he, Carter he's married to. He was married to two until 2014. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. He did, that they did, explains did a lot. Double so, paycheck. Johnny Depp, on the other hand, I'm not sure. I guess Tim Burton just really loves working with Johnny Depp, which I understand. Obviously, he liked working with Michael Keaton in the beginning, too. So Johnny Depp is a, a very sad individual now. Yes, Johnny mm-hmm. Depp became a close friend with Burton since their first film together. Ah, uh, okay. So hire that guy. I like him. He's a friend. Also, he gets me cuts of money. I got so much money. I hire my wife. I hire him. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm Tim Burton. Uh, but but yes. it's weird because Johnny Depp and Helen Bonham Carter always end up like being a couple in the movies. More or less, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Just just watch your wife kiss the same guy over and over again. One has to wonder if they have some kind of incestuous three-way relationship. How would it be incestuous? Why would you, that Martin? Makes no sense. <laughs> please, please keep your tongue away from the the mic. <laughs> <laughs> if only that tape appeared. <laughs> All right, so. After the success of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Burton was sent several scripts and became uh, disheartened by their lack of imagination and originality. He he Mm. was sent Michael McDowell's original script for Beetlejuice, Burton agreed to direct, although Larry Winson and later Warren Skarin were hired to rewrite it. Beetlejuice was a critical and commercial success, grossing $73.7 million from their $15 million budget. Wow. It won the Damn. Academy Award for Best Makeup and three Saturn Awards, Best Horror Film, Best Makeup, and Best Supporting Actress for Sylvia Sidney, her final award before her death in 1999. Aww. Aww. I don't know if I'd really consider a, that a horror movie, though. It's uh, I don't know what... I, there's a category. I mean, I guess is. it is kind of, but it's not like, oh my god, it's scary type of horror movie. I think it's like a dark comedy. Yeah, I think it's more like that, a dark comedy. But yeah. I don't think there's in like an actual section for the awards that says dark comedy on it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, let's see. Going Saturn let's... Award for spookiest. So Boobies. to give you an idea of what it was going against that year, two thousand or nineteen ninety eight, when it won, Beetlejuice was going against Child's Play. Dead Ringers, Halloween 4, 
Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, and Waxwork, and it won. Oh. Against... Mm. Wow. Um... Wow. Dead, Dead Ringers is the Peter Jackson one, right? Uh, I don't think... Okay, Dead Ringers the only one I don't think I've seen before. Uh, Jeremy Irons is a dual ro- role... Jeremy Irons. ...as an identical twin gynecologist? Gynecologist? Yes. And we're back. Uh, directed by Cronenberg. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> so very, uh, very normal movie. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, but, yeah. but wow, against Child's Play. But yeah, to mm. look at it go against all of those movies, which many of those I would also consider classics. I mean, well, or at least follow Child's Play classic. Yeah, well, yeah. some of the sequels are kind of eh, but I will agree that Hellra- the second Hellraiser movie was pretty darn good. So it's, I mean, it's, it's this movie is very Tim Burton. This, I think this, this it is like, it's the epitome. It's the epitome of Tim Burton. Would you say this is the epitome or Edward Scissorhands? I think they're both. They, they're both. They have the same kind of. They, they both aesthetically tap into this thing where it's like my my his, Tim Burton's '90s aesthetic is like we're gonna take like this cartoon like sur- sur- like American suburbia and it's like it's gonna be all twisted and everything kind of weird and it's there's a lot of black and then black and white stripes yeah like a practical yes. set design in which everything is a cartoon more or less mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay well let's see uh, let's move into is there anything else anybody wants to bring up related to the movie before we jump into the plot can we talk about how that opening sounds a lot like the Men in Black opening? <laughs> At least in the very beginning part. Okay. Sabrina, boom, this boom, is your boom, point. Boom, 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 Like, they both had that kind of same sound to it. In the very beginning. Like, after a while, Beetlejuice be- does become its own, like, theme. But the very beginning part, when it first starts, it sounds like the Men in Black themes, like, opening theme song. Yeah, and if you actually watch the credits roll over when it's flying over her- head, you can see Will Smith's head pop out of one of the buildings. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop <laughs> lying can to we talk, these people. I, I want to also talk about just how 90s everything looks. Just, I mean, I was thinking it's Gina Davis's, like, the opening scene with her and Alec Baldwin, she's wearing, like, she, she's dressed like Little House on the Prairie. Like a weird floral sundress and like with a vest over it, and he's just wearing like a picnic blanket. Yeah, <laughs> he's wearing like uh, like Al from Home Improvement's wardrobe. Right, and but, he's, but he's Alec Baldwin, so you, like you don't notice. And let's not forget the uh, the hobby attic with the. Um, with that was the, pretty sweet. Ah, uh, that was a pretty cool attic. Yeah, I would want that attic. I'm like, I yeah, I'm I'm several layers of nerd, so I will give props to people who are into trains because that's that's pretty deep in the sauce. Mm-hmm. He, it wasn't trains though; it was a model of the town they yeah. lived in. But there was also a model train in in the model town, right? I don't remember seeing a train. Well, no, but I think his that that's very much like a the kind of like the kind of weird messed up thing that train people are into is like I will make everything in miniature. And there'll be a train going through all of it. Yeah. Right, but his, his was minus the train. His was about making a model of the, the t- town. That was his thing, making a model of the right. town. Right. right, to play his 40K figurines yeah, 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 on. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, if I saw a guy that looked like 90s Alec Baldwin, but like spent all his time making a model of a town and lived in an attic, like, he's, definitely, he's definitely like a... Like a, like a Bateman kind of killer. <laughs> he clearly like, has a reason to be he's just sitting there away. going like, hmm, all right, the positions are right. This is where I should he's, put the sniper. He's talking rifle. to me yeah. about his favorite Phil Collins albums. That's yeah, weird. All right. So uh, Barbara and Adam Mitland decide to spend their vacation decorating their idyllic Connecticut country home. As the two are driving home from a, from a trip into town, Barbara swerves to avoid a dog and the car plunges into a river. Oh, no. This is where we get the first like moment of like how okay this this movie will obey some cartoon logic. Yes. Yep. With the, <laughs> the dog. <laughs> the stupid. Do- it's like where the fuck did he come from for that shot to begin with? That's yeah. It is very cartoon. Well, they show the dog like oh, when they're yeah, going yeah. into town. Yeah, but he's like he's like he's not even in. He's not even in, like, yeah, when she swerves to miss him, he's crossing the road in front of the bridge. He's not going in to the covered bridge. It, 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 is, it is suspect, I think. It's very strange. And then all of a sudden, you see the car, it crashes through the, bri- the, the covered bridge, which if you're not from the East Coast, you may not be <laughs> super familiar with, but they are, like, really big on covered bridges. Like, they love their covered bridges. But this is how you tell that they're in the country is... It's a covered bridge. So anyways, 
the car crashes through the side of the covered bridge and it's sitting there and the next scene you you see them turn and look they're like oh my god they then they look to see how they're still there and the stupid dog is standing on the other side of this one piece of lumber and he's the one thing somehow that's keeping them from going over into the river and until he decides to be an asshole and jump off yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean the dog murdered them clearly yeah <laughs> He is at fault for the, their... The dog is the antagonist of this movie. Yes. <laughs> he was a bad boy. He we was found so the one cute, bad boy. But he was so cute. He, he looks like every... like I don't know what breed that is, but like there's a lot of kids' movies where that, that... Some sort of terrier, yeah, I think. Yeah, real fluffy and cute looking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was a... Yes, yeah, so they set this up, and then, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I thought it was actually recently... I, I enjoyed the scene where they come back, they realize that they're dead. Yes, so... Yeah. it was clever. So after they return home, Adam decides to retrace their steps as they can't recall how they got home. Upon stepping outside, he's taken into a desert world with monstrous sandworms before being pulled back in by Barbara. Tremors. Or Dune. If I may. You may. The spice extends consciousness. Oh boy. The spice is vital to space travel. Are you quoting from the movie? Maybe. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Oh, I know we're going to have to watch Dune one of these uh, days. Yes. I uh, know. Yeah. Oh, yes, we are. Please. Oh, yes, we are. And and I will read the book this time oh, because okay. I do have like a big collection of the Dune books somewhere. Uh, the, the the book is awesome. It's one of, one of my favorite, if not my favorite books. And the movie is shite. <laughs> this should be fun. It is very bad. So yeah, Tremors, aka Dune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- which are just these weird black and white striped giant sandworm creatures that really do they even actually call them? S- no, they do call them. Yeah, sandworms. yeah, they call them sandworms. Yeah, and they just exist. They're just in this weird like. I guess if you ever leave the place you're supposed to haunt, they're there. It's yeah. like some weird dimension they're transported to if they leave the boundary of their home. Now, mm-hmm. I, this is the, I, I just want get, to get to this wall where it's still kind of at the top. And it's like any movie like this where you have ghosts or some sort of supernatural thing, you have to define the rules that everything kind of obeys. And Tim Burton really doesn't seem to like want to make them clear or like kind of rhyme and reason. Because it's like they they introduce I think this reasonably well, but like later when Beetlejuice is like stuck in the model, but then the model is also the town. I found it's like I found that like needlessly convoluted. So to continue into kind of the 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 baseline for everything that the movie is going to turn into, uh, even though he'd been gone for less than a minute, Barbara claims he'd been gone for over an hour. She and Adam notice how they lacked reflections, and then they discover a handbook for the recently deceased and realize they're not they did not survive mm-hmm. the crash. Also, odd that the book is an actual object. Yes, it just, I love yeah. it though. I do love it too. Well, it's funny, but I think it would be like a ghost book. So it means like they died, and then the ghost world bureaucracy like summoned an actual of a book because Otho can pick it up later and steal it. My right. well, that my assumption on that has to do with Lilia, because since Lilia is an odd enough person to actually be able to see the ghost, oh, Lydia, she, Lydia, 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 sorry. yeah, Lydia. Bleh. Since Lydia is a str- odd enough person to see the ghost and see the book, sure, she more or less can bring it into the material world. Oh, uh, okay. she's, that, she's the conduit. Well, that's not explained in the movie, so. <laughs> she's the conduit. She is the conduit. Not everything has to be explained explicitly in a movie. The, yeah. Sometimes there's just things that you're supposed to assume from watching the movie. If you're gonna like, if if you're gonna do like a supernatural kind of thing, I think you do. No, I don't know. That's just me. I know. I've never watched a supernatural movie that explains every tiny little thing. That would take the fun out of it. I've never seen a supernatural movie that explains every little thing ever. Well, better just keep the rules simple. Yeah, I mean, just I introduce to. the warp, and then we're done. <laughs> okay. It's just a movie. We should all really just relax. <laughs> but yes, uh, and to state part of the thing that they do cover a lot inside of it is that they receive this book, and they're just like, "This is like radio instruct. Like this is this is nonsense. It reads horribly. Right. right. Like they can't even understand what half of the stuff means." So, since they are dead, and there is an empty house, and there is a realtor that is very into selling said house. <laughs> I wasn't that their sister, like one of it was like what's her face's sister. I believe supposedly? so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a bitch. Yeah, that was that was like. Very... Well, she was sad. 
Yeah, but she was also very much, I need to sell this fucking house. Oh, now I can sell the house because they're dead. Well, I don't think she was like that. She was like, hey, you guys can make a ton of money off of this house. 260K, bro. 260k. Oh my god, that was a lot back then. You could live in a. You could live in in the Bay Area. You could live in a septic tank for that much. Yeah, right. Remember, this was filmed in the 80s. That was probably a lot of money. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But the house itself is some sort of weird, crazy, like. I don't even know what style that fucking house was. It's like it's like the Amish built a Winchester mystery house. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it looked like to me. That, for some reason, that actually captures. The aesthetic quite well. I th- yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. So you said it was 250K? 260K. 60K. All right. So using a calculator I've just had. Beep, beep, oh, boy. Beep, here beep, we go. Beep, in the beep, year beep. September 2017, that would equal into $503,000. <laughs> oh, man. So you could buy a half a, a half a million dollars. You could buy a studio apartment in Santa Clara with that money. Oh, now. my God. <laughs> Ooh, hold on, just uh, gotta. Oh god, wow. making me all hot over here. Ho- this, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure like the the homeless in San Francisco are paying that much just to stand around. <laughs> Mr. Moneybags over here. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> ooh, mm. All right, so because of that, the house is sold and the new owners, the Deets, arrive from New York <laughs> oh, City. Boy. Okay, yeah, we we yeah these people like everyone in this in this like cartoon family. Uh, well, <laughs> so, we start with Charles Dietz, who is a former real estate developer. And real-life pedophile, Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> His wife, Delia. His wife. His wife. A sculptor. Borat. And, and his goth daughter, Lydia. I lo- I guess, like, From we- his first marriage, is an aspiring photographer. Hmm. Hmm. a writer. Uh, under the guidance of interior designer Otho. Now, what is... What is this guy's deal? <laughs> what do you mean? He is a bizarre character. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's the point. Is I, he's bizarre. Where, yeah. Where have I seen him before? Um He's wh- got a crazy like Oh. I feel oh. like he was in a lot of shit in the eighties like Gina Davis was. Oh, he's also speaking of Nightmare Before Christmas, he was the mayor. Of oh, course there he oh, of was. course he was. <laughs> And Tim Burton's friends pop out of the hole again. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's an incestuous no, group of... No, no we're it, not treating not, it like they're that. They're not related. You can't say incestuous if they're not I related to it, each other by it's, blood. It's, it's definitely Tim Burton has got... He's got like a... Uh, I mean, it's a, just an orgy of actors he has. Okay, why do we have to turn this section? Uh, I, we're not turning this You just said orgy. Because Alec Baldwin's in this movie. He just like sexes it up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> looking like Ned Flanagan. Flanders the whole time, <laughs> but it's like it's like '90s Alec Baldwin, where his face is like the prow of a ship. But yes, he is dressed like Ned Flanders. <laughs> hey man, the girls love them lumberjack shirts. All right, so under the guidance of interior designer Otho, Delia begins to transform the house into a posh modern art piece. I, who, or, like, she plays the mother in a Home Alone. Mm-hmm. That is true. That, like, yeah. you know, like, she's going to play the same kind of a domestic type, but now she's just completely out of her mind. More or less. Yeah. Yeah, which I just find hilarious because it ends up her style ends up like being like goth. Modern it, art failure. But Wait. it's also like very gothic. And I'm just like, how come her and Lydia don't get along again? Maybe it's because it's also a perversion of like postmodern, like the, the postmodern deco art. Oh. She, she's supposed to be like a shitty artist. Yeah. And, yeah. Also, yeah. and also Lydia would be, look like you're wearing a glove on your forehead. Come on. Yeah. What yeah. was that? Was like, like Jeffrey Jones is dressed like relatively normally in that scene. And then she's wearing some sort of you know, like glove hat and then Lydia is wearing something weird too. There is there is a later part in the movie where um where uh let's see Charles Dietz wears a sweater and then another scene earlier later Delia is wearing it as pants. What? <laughs> yes, there's actually a scene that you can see where he is wearing a red sweater and then there is a kitchen scene later and she is wearing it as pants. How do you wear sweater a <laughs> oh, sweater as pants? Simple. The arms n- are now legs. Okay. But I... then you have a hole in your crotch. Art. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> right. even gotta explain shit. Are you sure she's not wearing pants that just? Look... No, they are the exact same. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then, yeah. As I said, this family is weird. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. 
Um, let's see. So they begin to transform the house into a posh modern art piece. Consulting the handbook, the Maitlands travel into the Netherworld raiding room populated by other deceased souls, <laughs> where they discover that the afterlife is a structured uh, is structured according to a complex bureaucracy involving vouchers and the usual overworked caseworkers. <coughs> DMZ. So the Maitlands, well, before we get to that, so we have the entire scene where they're waiting there. They have the receptionist that's just like, you're, you're using all your vouchers early, you stupid. Did you even look at the handbook? Did you even bring the handbook? And they're like, no, I don't know nothing. Yeah, I mean, that scene actually gave me some very uncomfortable feelings because as in, my, in my day job, sometimes I have to ask, did you read the summary plan description? Oh my God. <laughs> and so there were moments where like I could I can I can relate here at least a little bit. So how do I look, guys? I don't know, I'm feeling a little flat. Ah <laughs> <laughs> That weirdo. Uh, oh boy. And then the one part that uh, the Wikipedia page here is missing out that becomes a plot, plot point later is they are trying to get to the office of their caseworker and end up opening a door of the Lost Souls room. Dun, dun, dun. Which is the only bit of information that tries to explain what happens at the end of the movie where it's like, oh, these are the, the dead that were exercised. It's the dead for the dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, so from there, uh, the Maitland's own overworked caseworkers, the Maitland's own caseworker, Juno, informs them that they must remain in the house for 125 years. If they want the Dietzes out of the house, it's up to them to scare them away. Barbara and Adam's attempts at scaring the family prove counterproductive, and despite their ability to shapeshift into monsters. Well, they, like, I, they also, like, they try scaring them initially when they, when they kind of realize they can't see them. And it's like, they figure out how to do ghost stuff like really quick. Well, they, they figured out that first they were doing the things where it's like, oh, I'm in the closet, but now I'm hung, and now ah, I... Pull my face off. Yeah, uh, pull my face. yeah. Yeah. I forget so, what he did. He has um, his head cut off, and she's like holding a knife. Oh, that's yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like, like for the, for like 88, this movie came out. It's like a lot of like, like, these must have been expensive practical effects. Well, I mean, it wasn't an expensive movie to make. It was only $15 million. Weird, because it's just... I don't know, it seemed like with the sets and everything. And well, like, it was a lot of practical effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, I would think I'd be... That's odd. It must Maybe make people did this movie cheaply. Also, it's these points that they do kind of the, the bloody horror stuff that points to what the movie was originally going to be, which was way more of a horror movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a lot less of the funny, like, jokey bits... Um, and just more of the more of the horror, but no, they they toned it down to make it just this more like fun family ish ride. It's weird. Uh, no, it, it is weird. I I don't know if I would consider this a family yeah. friendly movie. Yeah, I don't know where this movie sits, honestly. Well, it definitely. I mean, it's it's not. It's okay. It probably would be more family friendly if it wasn't for the main character. Right. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't for the main, like, antagonist, question mark, who appears, like, 45 minutes into the movie. And only yeah. has 15 minutes of actual screen time. God, that's yeah. so weird. Yeah, which is quite perplexing, but... So, while we'll away it. seeing Juno, uh, Delia discovers the handbook and reads it. Or, no, it's not... Lydia. No, Lydia. No, this says Delia. So, I, somebody has messed up Wikipedia. Okay. I'm saying... I'm merely reading, reading Wikipedia... This, uh, this is Anchorman style. Don't just read Wikipedia. I'm just I'm going off of it. I know it's Lydia. So Lydia discovers the handbook and reads it. It would be a completely different movie if the weirdo mom. Uh, although Adam and Barbara remain invisible to Charles and, and Delia, Lydia can see the ghost com- couple and befriends them. Against Juno's advice, the Maitlands contact the miscreants Beetlejuice. Uh, let's see. The Juno's former assistant is now a freelance bioexorcist ghost to scare away the Dietzes. Uh, at first, they are unaware that Beetlejuice is pronounced Beetlejuice, hence the reading Beetle Guys, be- yeah. Beeble, Beeblejees. Well, it's like Betelgeuse. I don't know how it's actually Betelgeuse. said. Betelgeuse. It's Betelgeuse. The of, it's the name of the star, and it's written like that, but then the title, like, I, I don't know why. This seemed like an unnecessary wrinkle to throw into this movie. I mean, I wonder if someone discusses that. Well, I think it was that the fact that they were they were having the problem of it was called Beetlejuice going through, and I think probably halfway through the movie, somebody in marketing went like, "Hey, I got an idea. Just call it goddamn Beetlejuice. <laughs> Done. Don't worry about this stuff. Stop like yeah. 
Stop pouring, you know, doing whatever you're doing, Tim Burton, because you're just making this more complicated. Uh, so that right. was the reason that they therefore had problems summoning him. And now to get to the point that we were going to get to. However, Beetlejuice quickly offends the Maitlands with his crude and morbid demeanor, and they can and they reconsider hiring him, although too late to stop him from wreaking havoc on the Dietzes. So, all right, we have now introduced Beetlejuice and his very. Mm. He's, he's very he's very sexual harassmenty. Yeah, <laughs> uncomfortably so to the point of being just. I that was just like a this. Over, a, it was it was overbearing. It's a '90s movie. There, yeah, but it's it's yeah. a '90s boys be boys kind of like ah you know it's like locker room talk kind of. It's, it's funny. He's 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 riffing. He's doing jokes. It's, you know, he's yeah. dirty. He's doing all this. It's, like yep. all of a sudden, a bordello shows up. Ha ha. Whorehouse <laughs> yeah. just for fun times to distract him because that's the only thing men think about. It's it's a very strange, like again, this is he's like the bad guy in this movie kind of, and he appears like. He's talked about a lot, and then doesn't appear until like well past the halfway point, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, when he does show up, the movie does become way more interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's the counter character. It's the like, oh hey, what are we doing here? What are we going to do? And then it's just like a force of nature just shows up, where you're just like, oh crap, what is what is this? Uh, yeah. yeah, this this movie I think was structured weird and has a lot of like moving parts so let's see move on here quickly offends uh so the the small town's charm and the supernatural events inspire charles to pitch his boss maxie dean on transforming the town into a tourist hot spot because now they had seen the the big serpent the big snake thing which that act that piece of cgi was actually made before they had cast um Oh, that was CGI. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe that part. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I forget. I know that that scene itself was actually done before they had uh, actually cast um, Michael. Not Alec. Bo- do, do, sorry. Michael Keaton. Mike, yeah, Michael Keaton. I thought it was Michael. Um, I'm Batman. <laughs> into, I'm Batman. Into the role. So that they had to go back and add the face so it looked like Keaton. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Weird. Um, so yes, they, also, so, his, his boss is a Robert Goulet who I forget, like, or like, man, he looks like Ron Swanson yeah. or I should say the other way around. So the interesting thing is that Charles at the very beginning of the movie was like, I identified way more with him. Like than I ever remembered what, like at the beginning, I was like, no, this, this is a guy. He just wants to get away. He just wants to kind of have this nice, you know, this nice relaxing time. I'm like, I don't understand why I know I thought he was so like weird and overbearing. And well, then it's like, oh, here's why. It's the business side of him. He's right. a jerk. Yeah. Yep. He is a capitalist. Yep. Uh, so, yes, the small town's charm and the supernatural events inspire Charles to pitch to his boss, Maxie Dean, on transforming the town into a tourist dot hotspot. But Maxie wants proof of the ghosts. Using the handbook of the recently deceased that Otho was able to pick out of the, uh, out of the attic, attic um, Otho conducts what he thinks is a seance and summons Adam and Barbara, but they begin to decay and die as Ortho had unwittingly performed an exorcism instead. Horrified, Lydia begrudgingly summons Beetlejuice for help, but he agrees to help her only on the condition that she marry him, enabling him to freely cause chaos in the mortal world. This is a this is a really bizarre like I, I, I did not like the whole ending sequence this movie just because it's like they set up the entire problem and like resolution of the movie all within the second half of it. So it's just the first the first like 60% of this movie is just dithering to get to this. And it's like they, I, uh, they, it's basically like the movie kind of goes long, goes long. Like, oh, here's a problem. Okay, now it's done. Yeah, and it, it yeah. does create. I mean, the problem is the book. Ultimately, the entire issue, the entire issue in the movie is the book. The book is complicated. The book is, you know, tra- able to be picked up by mortals once Lydia, ha- you know, has able to have it and touch it. You know, it's Ortho goes in it because he know he knows like the so occult. Yeah, he's a paranormal researcher. Right, the world's foremost paranormal researcher. Yes. Yeah, but apparently he didn't understand he was performing an exorcism because they didn't want to exorcise the ghosts. They just wanted to them, summon them. To it, summon them, yeah. It, it just seemed odd that the whole climax of this movie is based around a problem that's set up in like the third act. 
that was that's weird. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that, but the other part of it too is essentially the conflict of between the, the living and the dead. The basically. living and the dead, yes. essentially, yes, and then trying to reclaim their home. It's the problem of new people moving in and taking over other people's stuff. <laughs> Gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> and dead and dead people yeah, won't leave your house. Uh, so yes, a Beetlejuice saves the Maitlands and disposes of Maxie, his wife, and Ortho then prepares a wedding before a ghastly minister. The Maitlands intervene, and before a ceremony is completed, uh, Barbara uh, is riding a sand sandstorm through the house to devour Beetlejuice. Who knows why? A sandworm. 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 What? Well, they kind of hinted at that sh that she might not be so easily taken by the sandworm in the beginning when she and her husband end up outside. When the sandworm gets to them, she punches it in the nose. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, so they're told they totally hinted at that she would be a badass and wouldn't take shit from the sandworms early on. Yeah, you go, yeah, you go, girl. Go, stand Gina up, Davis. Go stand up that sandworm. She's a master of spice. Oh my god. I, w I was gonna make I, w I was gonna make a joke about summoning a big one, but you preempted me. <laughs> Congratulations. Finally, at the end, the Dietzes and Maitlands agree to live in harmony within the house. Beetlejuice is stuck in the afterlight for waiting room. There he attempts to cut in front of a witch doctor who shrinks his head in retaliation. Being Beetlejuice, however, he remains upbeat. Oh, this could be a good look for me. <laughs> Afterwards, Adam, Barbara, and Lydia are seen in a remodeled part of the house dancing to Heli Belforte's Jump in the Line with Lydia floating in the air to celebrate Lydia getting an A on her math test at school. Woohoo! Are we gonna set up the whole Calypso angle of this movie? Yes. This. So yeah. Okay, I believe you. Now, in addition, this did not include the the scene at the table, which is probably the most notable part of the movie. Oh yeah, that that scene. I love that one. Oh, so good. I, I have not heard this song in a million billion years, day. and it was a nice change. Pizza day, pizza day, pizza day. Is it also them? They're supposed to be doing that to them, like how? Did, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah possessing I, 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 they're possessing them. Yeah. yeah. But how did they figure? Uh, they don't establish that. They, like I don't know. They, no, they were playing that the music in the house before they. Oh, I know, but at it the was very like beginning. they 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 just kind of like launched in that scene. There's no setup. We're like, okay, we're gonna go possess them. Well, I mean, they do some stuff like all you can obviously see their faces. They're like, "What the hell?" you know, and then they're like their napkins are lifting no, kind of artificially. Before that scene, they're they're saying, "Okay, we're going to go and do something." To and yeah, do and it in our style. Yeah, and then yeah. I think um what was her name? The uh the wife. Uh Delia? Delia. Yeah, Delia has the idea. It's like, "I have an idea." And then that's that's the I, I, No, yeah, not they're... no, that wasn't Delia. So Delia. There's no, two wives. The other wife. Gina Davis's Gen character. Uh do, 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 um, do, do, Adam Barbara. 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 Thank right. you. Barbara's the one that has yeah. that says, "I have the I have an idea." Mm -hmm. And then that's yes. we into it. It's, it was like an I guess it was supposed to be kind of like unexpected. Yeah, it was it was great that after they did that entire thing with the dance and like the prawn hand and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Lydia comes upstairs and she's just like, "They want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, want you to perfect. come downstairs." And they're like, oh, "We were no, we were supposed to make you mad and leave. I Why just isn't this working?" You were supposed Poor to get Lydia's spooked. turned into like this little errand girl. Girl, yeah, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so I found out the the story behind. Beetlejuice's name. Okay. 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 Right. So Beetlejuice's name is actually spelled like the star Betelgeuse, but apparently that a lot of people don't pronounce it Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse. Um, a lot normal people call do pronounce it Beetlejuice. It's just astronomers would call it the correct name. Right. So, um, okay. So like including. So if you remember his gravestone and all of the and all of the ads he puts out, he does spell it Betelgeuse. Right. So mm -hmm. that 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 is how he spells his name. Okay. But um, do 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 do. Well, they even go to the effort of like sh imitate doing the charades for you in the movie, for the be benefit of right. the audience. 
yeah, he does he does do the charades thing for Lydia to for her to say his name. But of course she he breaks it down so she she can say his name. So he does the I guess the more layman's pronunciation where he gets her to say beetle juice. Right. So okay. It- uh, other than that, hold on. Hold your beer. Hold on. Holding. Holding. Okay. It is also worth. They, this is from a wiki, uh, a wiki fandom page. It is also worth noting that there are hints of a greater meaning in several of the names in the movie, since Beetlejuice means the hand of Orion, and Beetlejuice's former master was named Juno, a character clearly named after after the queen of the Roman gods, protector and special counselor of the state. Wow, that's that's a weird angle that was not explored in this movie. Well, I again, they're not they're not going to hand feed you every single little thing. They gave you the name of the person who used to be his boss, Juno. Right. Okay. So, this is obviously a reference not everyone's going to get unless you know these things beforehand. Yeah, uh-huh. Eric, if you go down this road, you find out midichlorians, okay? Yeah, yeah. You don't need yeah. it, it it's more just like there's no there's no like payoff for it. Eh, I don't eh. think you always need every everything paid off. Yeah, there's just going to be subtle things that are there for people who are going to get it right away. I mean, you can right. watch the the original Matrix and go like, whew, boy, I don't understand half of why any of this happens, but that was a movie. And then two and three go, and you go, oh, no. No, you didn't need to explain anything more. Yeah. This is awful. Oh, oh, this is terrible? Okay, never mind. Uh, some other facts. This is Michael Keaton's favorite movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, on, on, his, on his resume. That he well, did, or that, on that he did, yeah. yeah. Uh, according to Michael Keaton, Beetlejuice was described to him by Tim Burton as having lived in every time period but no time period. Uh, Keaton used this as a jumping-off point to create the character with the shock hairdo, mold makeup, and large teeth. He said that when he first showed up as a set as Beetlejuice, the crew started chanting "Juice, juice, juice" and got <laughs> Keaton exi- excited for the role. <laughs> nice, the That's juice, cool. The juice is loose. Yes. The ju- this juice is loose. Michael Keaton ad-libbed much of his lines, as you would expect. That sounds yeah. about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the studio originally wanted to call the film "House Ghosts." <sighs> wow. As a joke, Tim Burton suggested the name "Scared Sheetless." <laughs> 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 And was horrified when the studio actually considered oh using it. My oh my god! god. <laughs> don't put it past Hollywood executives uh, to please, yeah, take into consideration be, a horrible sar- idea. Yeah, don't be sarcastic with the business part of the business. Okay, let's yeah. let's not let's not confuse them. Okay. Okay. So when Glenn Shaddock's Ortho died on September t- 2010. The last song performed at his memorial service was Deo. Oh. There you go. Hard turns here at the Saturday Friends Club. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. These feelings. I, mean, I, I like. I, I liked him in this movie, and I think, uh, speaking of Dune, I think he would make a good, like, he would have made a good, like, Baron Harkonnen. Mm. Uh, yeah. Now, this may go a little bit more into what Sabrina was talking about, the history of Beetlejuice or the... the <laughs> Beetlejuice. Whatever she was talking about, Beetlejuice. Yeah, fucking Beetlejuice. The original script was a horror film that featured Beetlejuice as a winged reptilian demon who transformed into a small Middle Eastern man to interact with the Maitlands and the Dietzes. Goodness, that would have gotten well over. Oh, right. yeah. That's so, so, so uh, Michael Keaton. Okay, Lydia was a minor character with her six-year-old sister Kathy being uh, the Deets, let's see, being the Deets child that was able to see the Maitlands. Beetlejuice's goal was to kill the Deetses rather than frighten them away, and includes sequences where he mauled Kathy in the form of a rabid squirrel and tried to rape Lydia. Oh my God! Subsequent subsequent script rewrites turned the film into a comedy and toned down Beetlejuice's character into the ghost with the wisecracking con artist rather than a demon. So rather than being a, a rapist, he was just feely, very feely. Well, uh. Progress? (laughs) (laughs) Very, very tentative question mark. Oh boy! Wow, that's uh, that's that's weird, and that they just totally rewrote this movie. Yeah. I mean, Tim Burton probably looked at it and was like, you know what? This isn't really my style. I'm going to. You guys work on this, so it's more my style. I don't like shit like this. Mm -hmm. Because I don't, I don't know. Even like, like even when he did Sweeney. Well, Sweeney Todd's a little different though. 
It's, it's a, a it's, more it's a dark humor. It's whims. There's some. There's an element of whimsy. To yeah, it. Yes. like even when he did Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow wasn't a hundred percent pure horror. It was a little on the whimsical side. Right. But, right. Well, it, it, especially when Crystal Walken shows up, <laughs> and then everyone, everyone goes. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> And he's just like I I, I want to see a movie where Christopher Walken plays Johnny Depp's father because I think that would work out perfectly. I would have, I would have loved to have seen Christopher Walken reprise the role of Beetlejuice though. That would have been oh my god. My god. I, I mean, okay, just just FYI, one of my Halloween picks was going to be The Prophecy, and it totally has Christopher Walken. Oh my god, Christopher Walken. He's kind of a scary in this movie. He's kind of a scary <laughs> motherfucker at times, but he's still really weird. It's mm. I don't know, like even though he's playing a bad guy, like I still love him because he's still just kind of a, a total weirdo. Yeah. yeah, who doesn't love a fucking weirdo? I, him, him and Hi. I, I remember watching Sleepy Hollow for the first time, and I just like I just I lost my shit when I saw him. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my, my god, this is so perfect. He's just like he's, he gets his head back and he's just like like oh thank uh, you know thank God. I couldn't talk to anyone. I couldn't have <laughs> any kind of pie. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So to wrap it up, Beetlejuice in the rewatch. Uh, what was the feeling? Uh, let's start with the person that never had seen it before. Uh, it's it, it's a weird movie. It's got in. I, I think overall I was kind of like eh on it. It's got enjoyable elements, but I think the movie is kind of disjointed and odd. Uh, it's Tim Burton, I guess. It's it's not, it's not. I, I, the parts that are disjointed are not Tim Burton so much. It's just I think this movie is structured very weird. It's got an odd pacing. Yeah, yeah. and I, f- I found it kind of distracting in that way. I I enjoyed like I think people are really good at it, and everyone everyone is just like up at eleven all the time. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting, and it's like this was a, a weird movie, and I but I could definitely see why it was so popular. I was not. I, I think you're saying like Beetlejuice only has 15 minutes of screen time, like actual screen time. I that that feels like this movie got edited even more heavily. It, it seems like they spent a lot of time at the beginning with the setup and everything, and this, then the moment right. that the it, moment they go into the yeah. afterworld, just like things just start going. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 like I think like I said, the movie, the actual climax of the movie is not set up until like the beginning of the third act, and so it just felt like. This movie has a lot of setup, which is then just dumped, more or less, for, like, a totally different problem. Yeah, the thing is, is that I can't figure out how you would, like, expand that second half to make it worthwhile. Would it just be, like, more hauntings that they weren't successful at? Or what? start at the top with with Beetlejuice, like, shortly after they're dead. Like, like he's something, like, they say that they die, and then he's, like, they realize there's bureaucracy, but then he's, like, the easy way out. And in the movie, like... They like dither on it for way too long, and they make Beetlejuice this kind of like antagonist, or I mean, he is the villain, but at first he's just the kind of this dick. And I think the idea of it, like he's the, he's like the guy. Like, I think he should been should have been set up more like earlier in the movie, like earlier in, so that way it's just like, oh, there's this guy, he's reprehensible. No, go away, go away. Yeah, and they're like, no, I think we should go with it. But it's like right. they also they set him up, and then like he becomes the villain very late in the movie. Like, oh, he wants to marry our daughter? Like, wait, what? And it's like, <laughs> there was no previous indicate. I mean, other than the, the, the rampant sexual assault, but um, they, there's nothing, they don't really, that they don't set that up They all. don't even explain why, really. Yeah, he's yeah. oh, by the way, like, well, they give some, like, bullshit explanation about ghost rules, but then he compares it to being an illegal alien, and so I'm like, wait, what? And then, Well, I think that was just his excuse to get her to marry him. They're, they're, okay, remember the first scene where he shows up and he's a snake thing? Yeah, yeah. When they they show a shot of Lydia and then they show a shot of him where he's looking at her and he totally gives her, like, the sleaze eye. Right. Mm-hmm. But, it, uh, I guess, it, it was just a weird way. To, it, it was, like, he spends, he's not in the first third of the movie and then he's a, like, a weird, like, he's a bad guy, like, don't deal with him. In a second, and then it's like not until the last like twenty minutes of the movie, it's like oh, oh, he's actually the villain of this movie, kind of, and and it's weird not to have like a primary antagonist until the last twenty minutes. So I don't know it was weird like that. I I thought it was fun to watch though. Right. I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from on the weirdness of that of that late payoff for the for all the setup, but 
I mean, he he was still there was still a presence of him throughout the entire course of the film. I mean, even we didn't really touch on the ads. Yeah. That that came up with <laughs> those animations that were quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know that was that was a place where he was alluded to and where he was kind of brought up. And of course, you know the entire explanation from the caseworker about you know, don't go to Beetlejuice because you know he's basically a disgrace a disgrace assistant to to her. I mean, there's he's there, and I and I don't know. I think having Beetlejuice kind of come in where he came in in that kind of short burst also makes it so that you can just crank it up to eleven and really really go into the crazy the crazy town for a bit. Mm. There's maybe some setup that could have been cut out in favor of like giving more expose to Beetlejuice and then give him an opportunity to maybe like being able to court, try to court them earlier or maybe something maybe like a conflict that arises between like the caseworker and Beetlejuice. It's I, possible you, but you, I, you I don't know, know. I think they could have set up is like something earlier on that Beetlejuice wants from them because he just kind of like wants to do his job but I think they could have set something up like Beetlejuice is like on the outs or something. And it's like if he doesn't, if he can't help them, then something bad will happen to him. Like he's on his, um, he's out of ghost money or something. Well, mm-hmm. he really needs the job. You gotta, you gotta give me the job, kind of thing. Well, I, I think okay. Maybe his like his essence is Rem- about to fade. Okay, right. but I think the thing is like he was based on what she, though the caseworker Juno said, he's technically banished. So he's right. like living on a different level. Like he was stuck. In that grave, supposedly, which I'm not 100% sure why that makes sense, uh, but yeah, like what happens something like if he's stuck out in the neither in the like in the neither world, and like, right. he's like mm-hmm. he's like stuck in the desert, and it's like these people are his chance to get back into yeah. the good grace, but that's like it's weird, it's not it's yeah, not but clear. That, I think I think I think that's what it was though. He was he's banished and I guess he was banished into this grave, but then that doesn't explain how he got his grave into the, the, the model. Yeah. Right. But, th- but basically the idea was that he's banished and he's stuck in this, in this grave or whatever that his home is. And so he wants them to summon him so he can get out into the actual world. Cause right now he's stuck there until someone actually summons him. Right. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to get back to the nether world. He wants to get into the mortal world. Yeah. That's his ultimate goal. So I, I think that, I just think that could have been set up better and it, mm. it make his motivations more clear in, in, in a linear sense. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think one of the things I would enjoy some some way they could possibly pad the movie is they could take the Maitlands and like expand on them trying to learn to be spooky because they're such milk toast characters. Right. They're just like, oh, they're so nice. Like I would a support group. Uh, like if they actually had a point where they were going out to a support group of just like, no, yeah, let's I can see let's that. all try and be a little bit more spooky tonight. You know? Right. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh well, I thought I'd just I. Ooh, you're dr- doing very well, Barbara, but you're going to need to give us a little bit more. You right. Know? right. Yeah. Or what they could have done is they could have had like that first initial botched attempt with Beetlejuice. Yeah. Right? And, but, and, and then just kind of knock into each other in the hallway and they're just like, ah. Yeah. You know, that, that could be a good way that would incorporate like, okay, they've met in the, uh, in the underworld. So now he has an in a little bit in their, in their model. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it makes yeah. more sense. Right. I, I do like I, what this movie attempts is set up like it's like an afterworld kind of thing, but it's like it's whimsical and fun. Well, also, okay, I don't know if anyone else caught this, and I don't know if this is a real thing or they just made it up for the movie. But the first dinner where the Deets have their friends over, Ortho makes a comment about how if you kill yourself, you become um, a social worker, a social, a social worker, worker in the afterlife, which. If you pay attention, the lady at the front desk, she slit her wrist, and oh, Juno has oh, a she, cut across her yeah. neck. Yeah, so then, therefore, what did Beetlejuice die, kill himself with? Well, I don't know if he he's He was actually, a social worker. Oh, well, I he, guess so. Well, he was an assistant to the social worker. So I don't know if she, if he actually did anything. But it's like, it's weird. It's like, okay, that was a weird thing. Did they, was Is this a real saying? Or is this something they made up for the movie? I think made it up. Yeah. To make some sort of weird social commentary. I think this yeah. is just a gag. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I I like I love that cuz I was like she she made a big deal about how she she cut her wrist and I was like, "Okay, well, that's kind of sad." And then Ortho made that comment and then later I noticed the big ass cut again on Juno's neck and I was like, 
Whoa, what the fuck? I, I thought yeah. that was, that, that's another gag because she's like yeah. smoking and then. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, then, then the smoke is oh That the... scene was so fucking cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. I liked her. She was, yeah. she was fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's weird to pick up on that motif of is civil servitude then essentially suicide or is suicide I, the path to civil servitude? Or <laughs> civil servants are basically torturing themselves by being Yeah, I, I think it's the idea. It's just, it, they're just kind of like They're mugging. killing themselves yeah. or slow, nothing. Yeah, they kill yeah. themselves slowly. I think it's just it. mugging the idea. It's like, oh, it's, it's like a shitty job and it's like, oh, don't, you know, don't, don't kill yourself otherwise you'll end up working at like the ghost DMV. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the moral of the story here, here is... Don't get a don't get a master's in social work. Can you get a master's in social or, work? You can, yeah. or if you want to, forever kill yourself. I'm just social workers. I mean, if you are a social worker, good on you. I don't know how you fucking do it, but yeah. there, there obviously there do have to be people that have to be social workers. We do need them, but I that is a job I would not want. <laughs> I really love that disclaimer. <laughs> We're not saying being a social source is just you have a heart of gold and I don't know how yeah. you do it. That's just yeah. all I'm saying. It goes yeah. with the most, babe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? My hat's off to you. You have a hat? Well, Martin, this was... Shh, they don't know that. It's a podcast. <laughs> Thanks for ruining audio magic, Eric. We're, we're, we're all wearing hats. It's like that scene from Rejected. This hat's twenty four seven. All right. For Mar- all you know, we're all naked and we're nudist podcasters. So uh, that Martin, would, that would be a great episode hundred twist for us. <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing it nude the whole no, time. Just that. All right, Martin. This was technically your choice. So yes. r- give us a wrap up. How do you feel about Beetlejuice coming back to it? I I still enjoyed Beetlejuice thoroughly. Um, there. <laughs> You know, especially in that third act, as things picked up, it was just great to be able to see Beetlejuice in top form outside of the rapey parts and and the sexual harassment. But you know, the 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 effects were to me. I I still felt like the effects were 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 good, and I got the good reaction from them. I really I really loved um um <clears throat> I really <laughs> loved that dinner scene. Was just cracking me up for uh, for quite some time, and it's it. it, it like all of the aesthetics were really put uh, put in together well, so I I still enjoy the film. I definitely watch it again, um, and I would only stop to cringe for maybe about a minute, which is good out of movies from the early nineties. Yeah, so late eighties, late eighties, late eighties. It was the threshold. Decimetric. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that will take care of us for G- Beetlejuice proper, OG original movie Beetlejuice. Uh, next episode, we're going to hit the cartoon, the Beetlejuice animated cartoon uh, featured on ABC and Fox all throughout my childhood. Uh, so it's going to be a good, good time. Um, as for uh, this, we are the Saturday Friends Club. You can find us over on Twitter at satfriendsclub.com. Sat Friends Club. Uh, Twitter is a place you can be. Follow uh, us. Follow us. We it has a listing to all of our Twitter feeds. Get your Beetlejuices flowing. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, we have our pa- our great Patreon friends out there. Thank you all Patreon lovers out. Um, we love you. You are the best. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, to <gasps> delay right now, and I'm going to read out our Patreon subscribers Aww. just to tell them how awesome they are. So let me go ahead and just, just grab. Yes, give us money, and we'll say, we'll say your screen name on the podcast. How exciting is that? Read out, re- Josh will read out your screen names while drinking a glass of water. <laughs> this is glorious. <laughs> and now I have to verify my address. That's okay. We're going to cut this shit out anyways, right? I, sh- I guess so. Unless you w- just want to be... Shiza out. Shiza. It's time to cut the Shiza out. Let's <laughs> see. Lady Gaga song. Like like the Lady Gaga song. Yeah, she has a song called Shiza. Of course she has a song called Shiza. But I, I prefer Perform This Way by Weird Al Yankovic. Okay, but that's not Lady Gaga, so... But it's Lady Gaga perfected. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Nothing is better than Lady Gaga. Um... I liked I liked her look in uh, in the Alejandro video because she looks like uh, 
a she, biker bitch. No, she looks like one. Of, <laughs> she, she looks like one of the sisters of battle. Is what I was going to say. Wait, no. She's, hold, on, hold on a second. Her look is very 40k in that. Okay, no. It, can you type it in there? I want to see. It's a little hard to type from here. She looks like. Josh, do you have the list? Okay, I do. All right, go ahead. All right. So I want to go ahead and thank over to our friends Item Crafting, Dan Vincent, who is a, a good long-term he's, friend of he ours. He was on the podcast. I know. He's such a nice man. Buy his stuff. Uh, Rodea uh, and uh, Phoenician. Phoenician. We are supported by the entire ancient civilization. <laughs> yes. You, all of you are so like, hot. I was about to say the font or the culture. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, clearly here at the Saturday Friends Club, we are just like flush with olive oil and spices and everything else that's being traded and along boats. the trans Mediterranean route. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, thank you, all, all four of you. You are wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, if you wish to be read out and be proclaimed by us as wonderful people as you should be, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash satfriendsclub. Even a dollar just to help us out uh, keeps us going, allows us to uh, get people. Uh, we've got some guests lined up coming in the future, uh, and we're going to have fun. So if you feel like uh, we're doing a good enough job and you want to just help us out a tiny, tiny bit, we would appreciate it uh, in these trying times. Um, and till then, uh, as said, we are going to be doing uh, the Beetlejuice cartoon coming up next, uh, and then a, a movie pick of my own after that, uh, which will be an interesting, divisive little choice. Uh, but I think uh, we should go ahead and uh, and end it this way. Yeah. Deho, me said deho. Daylight come and me wanna go home.